December 5th, 2018, I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. I'm Broadway star's James Marino. James, nothing happened in my world yesterday. Uh, it was a pretty quiet day for all of us who uh, live in the Ohio State fandom, as well as who are uh, uh, paid editors and writers of Ohio State media uh, organizations. So it was pretty quiet for me yesterday. Nothing major happened. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Yeah, this uh, this time of year, you know, everybody can pretty much count on just uh, staying home and uh, relaxing by the fire. Mm -hmm. Especially if they are uh, Mount Rushmore level college football head coaches who have been dealing with debilitating uh, migraine headaches that have to do with acnoidal cysts in between their skull and their brain. Usually a bad thing. Don't know much about the medicine, but uh, sounds sounds bad to me. I think we're way outside our Venn diagram. Yeah, especially because we're not actually talking about the sports. We're talking about the medical conditions of people that coach the sport balls. But all right, let's just get to the show. All right. Uh, first up in the news, Torch Song will close on Broadway in January. Yeah, James, we've discussed this possibility over the last few weeks when talking about grosses, and we speculated about it even more so yesterday. But it was announced last night around half hour that Torch Song will close up shop at the Helen Hayes Theater on Broadway on January 6th. It had originally been scheduled to play its limited run through February 24th, but will be ending uh, almost seven weeks early now. At that point, it will have played 103 total performances on Broadway after two extended uh, or a, a twice extended run off Broadway. The producers also announced that the show will tour beginning next fall at the Amundsen Theater in Los Angeles and will star Michael Yuri back in the lead role of Arthur. Now, James, we mentioned this in passing yesterday, but with a January 6th closing, you'd imagine that Second Stage would want to get something in there pretty quickly since they just paid a whole lot of money to renovate that house for Broadway. Now, Michael Riedel reported that Girl from the North Country was going to be going into the Lunt Fontaine. But he also said that it was going into the curb before, so I guess take his reporting for what it's worth. As anyone who heard me talk about Riedel's article on Friday's show, um, I, I think you can surmise that I don't want it to go to the Lunt, and I think it would fit much better in the haze, even if at just under 600 seats, it is probably cost prohibitive for them to put such a large casted show uh, into that 600-seat theater. The only other show that immediately comes to mind, James, that is circling Broadway um, is Sexy Oklahoma. But while the size of the haze would be appropriate for that show, I would think that it would lose a ton if it isn't done in an immersive in the round venue, which is why everyone expects that it's probably going to end up at Circle in the Square. So other than that, I don't know what else that is like obvious that could go there. I don't think looking at second stage's recent off Broadway offerings that anything makes sense. Now we've talked about the new musical they're doing off Broadway this year from John Logan and Tom Kitt called superhero starring Kate Baldwin, Bryce Pinkham and, and Tom Sesma and more. That's a Broadway level creative team and cast, but I, I mean, this is never, it's a world premiere. I don't know that they want to open cold on Broadway. Um, although a transfer would probably make sense if it goes well off Broadway over the summer or in the fall. So, James, while you know, I normally like to at least predict a, a show or two or three that might end up in that theater, I, I really don't know at this point. Maybe they go completely off the radar and try to pick up a show that had some buzz off-Broadway 
and make a quick transfer for the spring season. Maybe something like Carmen Jones uh, we that had talked about maybe going into circle in the square. Maybe they've rearranged that. John Doyle rearranges it for that. Maybe what the Constitution means to me could have a run there. Or if I mean, Yiddish Fiddler is supposed to go do a commercial run off Broadway. Maybe they change plans and go in here. I don't I just at this point, James, I, I don't know. I, I have no idea where to go with this one. Yeah, uh, I wonder, you know, uh, Second Stage surely has a, a deep bench of uh, previous productions that have uh, been successful there. Uh, yeah. I, I like the what what the Constitution means to me idea. I think that's a really good idea. Or the common Carmen Jones thing. Yiddish yeah. fiddler, you know, just move over a few blocks. You're doing yeah. right there. Yeah. But, so uh, who knows? Yeah, who knows? And uh, we'll keep everybody up to date as we hear. So uh, we've got some updates from the opening night of the <laughs> Share Show. Yeah. Okay. So... Yesterday, James, we discussed uh, that Sonny Bono in the show, Jared Spector, called out Kanye West for being on his phone during the show Monday night. Well, much to his credit, Kanye not only responded, but he apologized. He said in a in a tweet responding directly to Jared, he said, quote, the dynamics of Sonny and Cher's relationship made Kim made Kim and I grab each other's hand and sing. I got you, babe. Please pardon my lack of etiquette. We have so much appreciation for the energy you guys put into making this masterpiece. I saw yesterday that Kim, uh, Kim Kardashian West, his wife, actually said that Kanye was taking notes during the show. <laughs> OK, whatever. Um, I, I've, I've taken notes in a lot of darkened theaters, never once used my phone, but whatever. In his world, in the concert world, having your phone out isn't as big of a deal. So I, if you're not a regular theater goer, I OK, I guess. Um, but, you know, I genuinely appreciate Kanye owning up to it and apologizing. It was, you know, it was pretty classy of him. I mean, not so much being on his phone during the show, but the response was at least classy. So. Good on you, Kanye. Um, in addition, the one and only Cher got up on stage during the curtain call and sang with the one and only Stephanie J. Block, uh, saying "Believe." I, I, I think I believe um, it was fantastic. We got a ton of videos in there. We only got a little snippet of Stephanie's Cher impression, but it was pretty good. Um, uh, so I love that. Um, and Stephanie just looks fantastic, looks like Cher, um, and it was really cool. So it, it seemed like a pretty magical uh, evening. Uh, on Broadway, James. Uh, maybe uh, Kanye had some ideas for the iPlane. So <laughs> the what? I don't know what that is. The iPlane. <laughs> not not familiar. <laughs> it, when he was in the Oval Office with uh, the Trumpster, he said oh, hey, uh, he had this one. idea of this iPlane could should be the new Air Force One. Anyway, oh, all right, Kanye. We're covering stories on Kanye. All right. Uh, next up, we have a sad uh, story that Tony winner Philip Bosco passed away. Yeah, unfortunately, James, yesterday the New York Times reported that Tony-winning character actor Philip Bosco had passed away at the age of 88 due to complications with dementia. He appeared in 52 Broadway shows from 1960 wow. to 2006. 52 I didn't Move realize over. he was 88. I, he seemed, yeah. I, I always remember him being so young. Yeah, That's... I mean, 
to, to, to think think about that 52 broadway shows from 1960 yeah. to 2006 cameron adams has nothing on him um he earned six tony <laughs> nominations including a win in 1989 for the original broadway production of ken ludwig's lend me a tenor he also played grandpa potts in chitty chitty bang bang one of his few musical credits uh, on broadway although he did replace as mckeith in one of the uh, three penny opera revivals interestingly okay th- i found this interesting when going through his resume james his career was so long that he appeared in multiple revivals of three different shows as different characters each time. He played uh, Dunois in St. Joan in 1968, and then Richard de, Chumba, uh, de Beauchamp, uh, again, French, whatever, uh, in 1978. Then he was in Twelfth Night in 1972 as Antonio, and then again in 1998 as Malvolio. Then in 1984, he played Boss Mangan in Heartbreak Hotel, and then in his final Broadway appearance in 2006, played Captain Shotover. Um, he also had a great scene-stealing career on screens large and small from Trading Places to Three Men and a Baby to Working Girl to The First Wives Wives Club uh, to My Best Friend's Wedding to recurring roles on multiple Law & Order shows. So he had like, m- like recurring characters in like three different parts of the Law & Order world, which is kind of funny. He was also on Damages with Glenn Close and much, much more. Uh, obviously an incredible career, James. Uh, he's one of those guys who I think a lot of people probably didn't know his name but he was the epitome of oh yeah that guy i know him yeah that's really really amazing 52 shows that's really awesome i wonder if anybody has ever charted out if he appeared in every broadway theater Uh, oh i that i mean he he has enough credits to yeah i mean i would imagine there's not a ton of people who have enough credits to even do that. that that's interesting yeah, I wonder if there could be a new game like a Broadway bingo type of thing where uh <laughs> where you know you, you have a grid of all the Broadway theaters and uh, as you either appear or see a show in one or the other and you know you should go to broadwaybingo.com and see what comes up. Anyway, <laughs> uh all right, Matt, what else do you have? Just don't go to broadwayliberal.com. Um okay, <laughs> do not go to broadwayliberal.com. Don't do not do it anymore. Used to, not anymore. Anyway, okay. So not first up, do yeah. it. <laughs> uh, first up, yesterday they announced the star-studded cast of the upcoming national tour of falsettos. Leading the company will be Tony nominee Max von Essen as Marvin, Eden Espinosa as Trina, Nick Adams as Wizard, Nick Blaymeyer as Mendel, Audrey Cardwell as Cordelia, and Brian Ha Marie Parham as Dr. Charlotte. The tour is short as of now, running in uh, from February in Fayetteville, Arkansas, of all places, hmm. uh, through June 13th in Charlotte, with stops in Dallas, St. Paul, Sacramento, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, and Washington, D.C. in between. I would think think uh that this announcement would negate any chances of eden espinoza and limpica coming to broadway before the fall there have been some thoughts that maybe um if rachel chavkin can how her schedule works out with uh hades town and an off-broadway show she's working on limpica could be an option to come in at some point between hades town's announcement and this probably not going to happen uh, speaking of shows going out of town, the Alliance Theater announced yesterday a star-studded production of Marcy and Zena's Cinderella screen-to-stage musical adaptation, Ever After. Leading the production will be Sierra Bagus, James, also co-starring. 
Your Girl, Rachel York, Tony Winner and Atlanta resident Shuler Hensley and our friend Todd Buonapane, Terry Burrell and more. The show is scheduled to run from January 15th through February 17th at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta. You'll remember that this show had a pretty disappointing out-of-town tryout at the Paper Mill Playhouse in 2015. It starred then Christine Ebersol, Marco Seibert, uh, Tony Sheldon, James Snyder, and more. And because the reviews and the word of mouth wasn't very good, it subsequently never made the move to Broadway as was expected. Um, so we'll see if there's been any updates or whatever to the script and the score when it plays Hotlanta. And finally, James, yesterday, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS announced that the recently renamed Red Bucket Follies had raised a record $6,113,301 for the collected charities. As they do, as everybody knows, after shows, uh, someone from the cast comes out at curtain call and says, hey, donate. There'll be red buckets in the back where the new name comes from. The top overall fundraiser james i don't remember if this has happened before i i feel like it probably has and i just don't remember but the top overall fundraising show was hamilton on tour the angelica tour raised five hundred and fifteen thousand one hundred fifty two dollars the top broadway musical hamilton with three hundred thirteen thousand nine hundred seventy one dollars the highest uh fundraising broadway play was the lifespan of a fact at about two hundred fifty eight thousand Top off-Broadway show was uh, Yiddish Fiddler at over 42000 Other than the Hamilton Angelica tour, the top national tour was uh, the Munchkin Land tour of Wicked at 325000 So congratulations to all of the shows on Broadway, off-Broadway, on tour uh, that uh, raised money during this time. And uh, congratulations to Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS for this uh, record-setting amount. I would imagine we will probably start to see some videos come out from the Red Bucket Follies from the performances here in the next day or so as well. If you would like more information on any or all of these stories, please check out the show notes at broadwayradio.com. Uh, when I went to go see Lifespan of a Fact a few weeks ago, uh, uh, Daniel Radcliffe uh, came out and did the speech. It's amazing how he switches from his New York accent to <laughs> his, you know, his his non-accent, natural. his yeah, natural yeah. voice. <laughs> threw, threw us for a loop for a second there, but they uh, they auctioned off a uh, prop from the show. Oh. Uh, a little book that he writes in during the show. Oh, that's uh, cool. And, uh, and they got like a thousand bucks for this little bo uh, book that was really cool. And uh, wow. for Broadway Care Secretary Fights Aid. So if you wonder how they could raise so much money, you know, uh, this is oh, how yeah. they, well, you know, Hugh Jackman used to yes, auction off his say. sweaty t-shirt from various oh my God. shows and things like that. I, I I was there when he did it once. I was in the very, very back for his one-man show. And, I mean, there were people bidding tens of... Th yeah. I don't remember what the exact mm -hmm. total was, but like yeah. tens of thousands of dollars. Like, it was frighteningly disturbing. I, I would just say that. If I had that much money, that's not what I would be bidding on. I, I let it, But whatever. To, to each his or her own, to their own. If you got the money, spend it however you want, especially when it goes to a, uh, a worthwhile cause like Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. And thanks to uh, the couple people who reached out and said they were going to come see us at Broadway Con, so I don't have to be nervous about there being more of us than, than more of you. So I appreciate that. You get a cookie and you get a cookie and you get a cookie. <laughs> and my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. 
Thanks for spending some of your Wednesday with us. I am going to see Ghosty Share. So Matt's going to take you into Thursday, and uh, we'll talk to you then.